0: activity quest the podcast that's packed with stuff to do in today's episode we're visiting london dungeons to check out their brand new body snatchers exhibition and we're making some victorian food too my name is bex and every episode of activity quest starts with a fun kids presenter doing something awesome today dan is off to the london dungeons to check out their brand new body snatchers exhibition
1: Join me by the glistening River Thames. I'm on the South Bank. It's a bright, sunny day, and I am terrified. I'm about to head down somewhere dark and dingy, and I'm told, pretty scary. I'm heading into the London Dungeons to check out their brand new Body Snatchers show. They will take me back to 1831 meet a gang of villains so depraved rumours were they would steal bodies from the ground to sell to hospitals they would make money but were they good were they evil i mean they were bad stealing the bodies but we know a lot about modern science because of what the hospitals could do with those dead bodies I'm going to learn a lot about the show, learn a bit about the history of the time, and I've been told I might even meet one of the Body Snatchers themselves. Pretty terrified, so let's strap in and see how we get on. (laughs) So we're with Quincy, who's working on the London Dungeon's Body Snatchers show. Just give us an overview of what it is. What happens when we step through the doors?
2: Ah, well, in typical uh, dungeon fashion, we like to be a little bit scary. We like to be a bit funny. So you're going to meet a London burker who uh, famously were uh, called burkers after the legendary Burke and Hare from uh, Edinburgh. So, uh, yes, they're body snatchers and they're going to uh, give you the history in a very fun, creepy way. So uh, you'll see some of their techniques that they used in resurrectionist techniques, uh, but also Uh, one lucky uh, or unlucky guest will be uh, disappearing in front of your eyes.
1: We're chatting now with Drew Gray, who is a historian. What were they doing? It, It sounds like quite a gruesome and gory job. Why did they decide this was what they had to do?
3: Well, they've got someone to sell these bodies to, so digging people up who've been buried is a is a very good way to make easy money in the 19th century the surgeons the local doctors who are being trained to um, work in hospitals and they need to work on dead bodies so that they can have their anatomy training so body snatchers are taking digging bodies up freshly buried bodies from graves and wheeling them on a cart through london in the early hours of the morning or late at night and then selling them to the medical schools in London so that they can then be dissected in front of an audience to train our next generation of doctors.
1: Now people might have gone come to the London dungeons before and walked through and seen some of the shows. How is Body Snatchers different? Is is it scarier? You say that people disappear. Just walk us through how that works.
2: Well, the the room we have uh, the Body Snatcher experience in is after Sweeney Todd. So it's a room that we only have at certain seasonal experiences. So it's uh, it's a room that not everyone goes in all the time. So in comparison to other shows, uh, it follows the same kind of uh, spooky, scary, funny uh, knife-edge experience. But uh, this one, I think, has got that undertone of, you know, were they doing a a nice good thing because without them people wouldn't understand the human anatomy they wouldn't get to learn what they uh, what happens inside the human body so uh, a lot of people think that uh, resurrectionists and body snatchers actually advance medical science so are they a villain or are they heroes? Is, is really the question well it's
3: not against the law to dig up a dead body in 19th century London it's more a matter for the relatives of the people whose bodies are being dug up so there is a, an attempt to stop body snatchers doing this but it's not technically against the law i've
1: managed to track down a snatcher themselves they are stood next to me and kind of sweating slightly i feel a bit like i might not walk out of this with my body in one piece what's going on here how, how have you found yourself in the london dungeons why are you looking at these people so menacingly
0: Oh, there's lots of fresh bodies to pick up on here at the London Dungeon lots of solo travellers
1: okay i'm come here on my own so i'm a solo traveller as well just tell us what why you got into this what why there are many things that you could do in london to to earn a living to earn a pretty penny why are you snatching bodies
0: well, it's a lucrative business, and demand is high, my friend. There's only about 50 hangings a year, so, well, the hospitals, they can't get their hands on the bodies quick enough. So that's when I come in and uh, help them by providing more of what they need.
1: Now, I want to give you a chance to defend yourself. Um, Were well, you maybe duped into doing this? Is there, is there some, some master ringleader who is telling you what to do, or is it just you, you?
0: I am my own woman, and I am my own boss. I lead a team of people, and we provide the most amount of bodies for the hospitals. You
1: mentioned the hangings earlier. Um, Are you you at all worried of how you'll end up? I mean, sitting this close to a quite a sinister creature, I sometimes worry for you that maybe things won't turn out that well.
0: They'd have to catch me first.
1: It's been a, a... I won't say a treat... It's been, it's been an experience, Eliza. Thank you so much for, for body snatching, I guess. It's a really fine line between making things scary and not absolutely terrifying <laughs> that means people never want to come near London again. How do you work that balance? Because I love scary things, some of my mates don't. So maybe we don't kind of do scary things together. How do you tread that line?
2: I think when you look at uh, our audiences there's there's a certain part that craves that scare craves that fear but also in a safe environment so you know at no point are our, our actors going to touch our guests but for the guests that always plays on will they could they are they so there is you know a, an element of fear that they create themselves as they go around and i think we just enhance that with our atmospheres our sound effects our our, you know our smells in certain shows and and the the actors really heightening these characters to be fearful but again all very safe all very careful
1: and what proved their undoing why did they have to stop
3: well they got caught for killing um a a young person in in london um they got they got found out and they got arrested um they got put in prison and put on trial and then they got found guilty of that and that ended their their criminal career um, rather abruptly because they then became executed themselves
2: Get your tickets online, pre-book, always the best way to uh, make sure you've got your tickets to come and see us and uh, it finishes on the 4th of September so get those tickets in advance because come 4th of September, body snatches is no more.
1: So I've just stepped out of the London dungeons, found myself a quiet spot. I travelled back through time uh, to see their new body snatchers show that they've got there. And you really are run through all the key moments of London's more gruesome and gory history. You start off in a boat travelling towards Traitor's Gate 500 years ago when Anne Boleyn lost her head. You then see the start of the Great Fire of London. You see what happened with the plague and the rats through the water. Uh, You get to meet Guy Fawkes as he's preparing to blow up the Houses of Parliament, which gives us bonfire night and fireworks night over here in the UK. And then you meet the body snatchers. You join them when they're grave digging. I've loved learning all about this part of history that I didn't really know too much. The show absolutely stank, by the way, but in a brilliant way that i think you'll really love they've managed to bring to life all the different smells of london over the last 600 or so years the sulfur how eggy it was how much it smelled a bit like toilets that you might find somewhere it was brilliantly terrifying and terrifyingly brilliant as well i absolutely loved my time at the london dungeons thank you to them so much for having me to hear all about the body snatchers
0: Oh, a little bit too scary for me. Uh, That is Body Snatchers. It's on for one more week and you can find it at the London Dungeons. Just search London Dungeons to find out more. All right then, there's lots of other stuff going on across the country as well.
4: Thanks, Bex. Yes, discover a world of animal adventures right on your doorstep. The Wild Place Project is the perfect fresh air destination with over 50 acres of outdoor space to explore. Spot animals from all over the globe, including many endangered species, say hello to giraffes, zebras, baboons, cheetahs, meerkats and ring-tailed lemurs, among many others. Thousands of years ago, bears lived in Britain and now they're back. Journey through the British woodlands from 8,000 BC to present day in the award-winning bear wood. Wander through 7.5 acres of beautiful habitat on raised walkways, watching bears, wolves, lynxes and wolverines roaming below. It's a UK first for zoos. Just visit wildplace.org.uk. The Royal Mews, one of the finest working stables in existence, is responsible for all road travel arrangements for the Queen and the Royal Family. You can see the Diamond Jubilee stagecoach and the carriages on your visit. Discover the most amazing, dazzling coach hall, the Gold State Coach, used at every coronation since 1821. See some of the Queen's horses that draw the coaches and carriages housed in the Mews. And meet the famous Windsor Greys or Cleveland Bays at rct.uk Plus, the Donkey Sanctuary near Sidmouth in Devon is home to rescued donkeys. Meet them as they roam fields in this area of outstanding natural beauty. You can also have a go at the maze and find out about this important charity's work. You'll often find themed children's trail sheets to complete. There may be a small charge for this. The Donkey Sanctuary is open seven days a week, though. It's free to visit all year round and has free parking. There's no need to book. Just turn up Thedonkeysanctuary.org UK.
0: Thanks Adam. Remember, whatever you do, we want to know about it. Head to funkidslive.com slash activityquest and you could be in a future episode. We've launched a brand new feature where you can actually record messages and send them in to us. It's super easy. All you've got to do is tap the big red button, record your message, and you can appear in a future episode of Activity Quest. You will basically be my co-presenter. Tell us where you've been, what you've got up to, who you went with, or give us a step-by-step tutorial of something you have made at home. Just now, uh, we heard gruesome tales of Victorian Britain, but
5: how would you like to cook like a Victorian? Here's Meg to tell us more. After hearing all about the dungeons, I thought we'd take another step back in time, but don't worry, there's not going to be anyone hiding around the corner to jump out at us. Instead, we're going to be looking at some old-fashioned recipes and we're going all the way back to the Victorian times. Now, depending on how rich you were in the Victorian times, depended on what sort of things you ate, but a typical breakfast for a Victorian might be some bread with dripping or lard on it and... some watercress they loved watercress they probably didn't know how healthy it was but that was good because sometimes the rest of their diet could be quite poor however saying that there was plenty of cheap seasonal vegetables to be found in the markets including onions cabbage leeks carrots and turnips and the main fruits they'd have eaten were apples in the winter and cherries in the summer the Victorians also ate a lot of nuts such as chestnuts and hazelnuts and they were often roasted and bought from people selling them on the streets. Now, meat was relatively expensive, so only rich people would have eaten meat. Instead, normal people would have eaten a lot of fish and seafood. Things like herrings, sprats, eels, oysters, mussels and cockles. They were all really popular, as well as cod and haddock, which you probably have eaten today as fish and chips. So today I thought we'd do a recipe using eels and oysters. How does that sound? hmm doesn't sound that nice does it probably not what we want to do plus oysters used to be really cheap and now they're really expensive so how about we make a dessert yeah i think that sounds better too something nice and sweet um the victorians actually invented things like afternoon tea they invented three course meals and they invented loads of cakes and puddings that we still eat today they invented the battenberg cake and the treacle tart which is what we're going to be making today A treacle tart is a traditional dessert. It's made with short-gross pastry and golden syrup. And it's normally served hot with a dollop of clotted cream. And you can also serve it with ice cream if you like as well. Now, you might have heard of a treacle tart before in one of my favourite books, Harry Potter. It was Harry Potter's favourite dessert. In fact, he loves treacle tarts so much that when he's in the presence of a love potion, he smells treacle tarts. So you know that it is a good dessert if it comes approved by Harry Potter. So for this recipe, you're gonna need pie crust pastry. You can make it yourself, but for making this really easy, I've pre-bought mine, you'll need some heavy cream, breadcrumbs, the zest of a lemon, and lemon juice. So the first thing to do is get an adult to so preheat the oven to 190 degrees. As we are gonna be in the kitchen today, make sure that you've got an adult to help you. Then you wanna press the pie crust evenly into the bottom of a nine inch pie plate you might need to roll it out mine came pre-rolled which made it very simple so i'm just going to press that in so it's nice and firm and then the next thing i'm going to do in a separate bowl is i'm going to mix one cup of golden syrup a quarter cup of cream one cup of breadcrumbs the zest from one lemon and two tablespoons of lemon juice and then I'm just mixing these together in a bowl. It's quite thick, actually, so it's a bit of a workout. I feel like my muscles are going to be like Louisa from Encanto right at the end of this. It's a good workout for the muscles. Another reason it's always good to get adults help you so you don't have to do too much of the heavy work, the heavy mixing yourself. Once you've mixed that all together really nicely, you want to pour it into your pie crust just make sure that it's spread nice and evenly. Then get an adult to put it in the oven for you for 35 to 40 minutes. You want the filling to be set when it comes out of the oven. Then cool it slightly and then you can eat it. Uh, Here's one that I made earlier. I'm going to taste it so delicious it is really sweet um, I might put a little bit of lemon juice in mine more than I'd already put in because it is so sweet but if you like sweet things you'll definitely like this it's safe to say the Victorians really know their stuff when it comes to dessert now who fancies trying some random eels in a pie mm, that doesn't sound so good I'll stick to the Victorian desserts I think thanks Meg remember there's loads of
0: episodes of activity quest that you can go back and listen to any time you fancy if you're after some more suggestions just scroll back in your podcast app and pick an episode you like whatever you do and however you do it tell us at funkidslive.com slash activity and remember to rate review and follow this podcast wherever it is you're listening to it i'm bex and this has been a podcast from the uk's children's radio station fun kids listen to me on your dab digital radio online on the free fun kids mobile app and on your smart speaker just say play fun kids every weekday from 4pm see you soon